This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Pop quiz. Do you know what a yurd is? A yurd is a yearbook nerd. And I learned that from Catherine Morgan, who is the social media manager at Herc Jones, maker of student yearbooks. They have such an interesting strategy about how they engage with these yurds, which are all the kids and advisors that are on these yearbook committees, how they engage with them socially to help them convince others of the need to have a printed yearbook. It's really, really fascinating. Well, we as grownups might know, of course you need a yearbook because in 10 years you're going to want to look back and how are you going to see it? Obviously, this shift to digital has had a tremendous impact. And so you'll hear about how Herf Jones uses social and Catherine's really interesting approach to engaging these students and advisors in a way that works really well. It's a cool interview. Take a listen. So excited to have you here. And it was such a great pleasure meeting you at Social Fresh. I would love to talk to you. I know a little bit about this, but I would love for our listeners to learn kind of the story of your career and how you got to where you are today. I think, um, especially with the with the field of social media being so new, I think it's kind of common that people didn't come straight into this. For me, I started in graphic design. Um, that was something I kind of knew early on that I was really interested in. And so I got my BFA in graphic design at Auburn and I got my minor in um, marketing. And that was kind of because I knew early on that there's there's a connection between the two. And I was very interested in that connection of how design helps aid in marketing and marketing helps aid in design and how they they really go together and um, they're not two distinct things. And design is so much more... Um, important when it's a part of a larger thing and it actually has something behind it that and so that was something I was always interested in. So after school I um, freelanced for a little while. I worked with small businesses, um, anything from logo design to web design, um, everything in between and what I really realized in that process was um, I not only was helping them with those things but with the marketing of, of those things whether they should be on social media all of that. And that kind of helped spark my interest in, okay, this isn't just design. I'd really love to help people with the whole package. And after that, I moved on um, about two and a half years ago or so um, to work at Herf Jones. Um, I moved to North Carolina, came on as a graphic designer, really loved it, was in that position for a year. And during that time, we were starting to build our social media presence. And um, in doing so, I ended up actually having the opportunity to take on the role of social media manager. We had actually created it not too long before that, which was a really great experience because 
as our company was learning, we we had been on social media, but it had always been someone's side job. And now we were we were ready to take it on as a larger entity and really focus in on that, which was an awesome experience because I was learning on the job and we were, you know, it, I, it was a great place to jump in. And really, I think it kind of took the pressure off a little bit as far as I wasn't following in someone's footsteps. So you um, basically got to create the role in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And in the beginning, it was definitely just kind of, I would say the first six months or so, I really just focused in on continuing the plan that had been laid out before. And then slowly over time, between going to conferences, and I would, I, I still do, but I read so many blogs and articles, and I just really immersed myself in it and kind of gave myself a full education of it. And I, I had already been really interested. I followed a lot of brands, whether it was brands um, I enjoyed or brands that I just thought did great stuff on social media. I had already been following a lot of them and watching what they did and kind of critiquing that and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And so um, I really just kind of immersed myself in that and figured out where where I should go from there. And um, it was a gradual progress, but I noticed every time that I went from not comparing things to what we had done before, but really kind of trudging on my own way and figuring out what we needed to do to go, to move forward. Um, and so that's been a great experience. And really now I feel like I've been able to take it and own it and really, you know, make it my own, which has been great. That's incredible. So you had so many good nuggets there of, of things that you talked about. So I have a bunch of questions for you. So the first thing I want to talk about is the transitioning uh, from design into social media as a whole. So you're managing the social media properties of Herf Jones. And we'll talk about Herf Jones in a minute. Was that a big shift to go from the designing uh, to the actual kind of strategy and execution behind it? Or did you feel like because social media is so visual, it was more of a natural shift. I think it was a pretty natural shift. I really lucked out in the fact that being on the team, the the person who had been running it before was really able to help me transition into that position. So she really went through and laid out the groundwork and really, you know, prepped me for it. Um, she was also a graphic designer. And so I think what it, what it did was from, from day one, I was very interested in the graphic side of it, yes. but I'm, I'm also naturally a numbers person. I've always had that funny balance that I, and I've always tried to figure out where that works best of, I love math and I love design. I don't even consider myself as much of an artist as a designer. I think there's a little bit of a difference. And I, I think I fit into that category and I love the math side too. So that's where, when I started doing analytics and things like that, I really enjoyed that as well. So I didn't find it to be too difficult. And I, I still do actually design a good number of the posts. I'm lucky enough now it's, I started out as a doing it by myself, but slowly over time, I have a couple people that help me when they can as well. We have a little social media team that includes a copywriter and a couple of designers. So it's great because I still get that. I still get to design, but I also am learning a lot more about kind of working overall and allowing other people to kind of take a role in that as well. So it's interesting what you said about the design and and it being such a critical piece of social media. Do you find that the more um, kind of well-designed a post is, the more beautiful, the aesthetic, uh, the better it performs generally for you guys? Or do you think, is it more like 
now there's been a lot of push towards sort of in the moment media. So Snapchat and all of these things that are, are more like you can't really pre-plan the design on some of these things. Are you finding that things that are more visually pleasing do better? I do find that. I don't, I don't think that it's a hundred percent that way mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I definitely would say at least 80% of the time. And, and it also depends on where you are. You know, like you said, with Snapchat, um, I think that people tend to understand that as a little rougher of a medium and they don't expect something as pretty. But if you're talking Instagram, you know, they do expect that. And so I think it totally depends on which program you're in. Um, and you kind of have to know that, but I find that it doesn't just have to be pretty though. And I think that's where the marketing comes in as it can, we can have a very pretty post, but if it doesn't relate, it's not going to do anything. So it's, it's the double, you know, you kind of have to have a little bit of both and it's finding that balance between it really has to be something that hits them and they, they can relate to, but at the same time, if they don't have that visual to stop them to see it at all, then they're going to miss that. But so you really need a little bit of both because one without the other and you kind of get missed. Absolutely. One other thing you talked about was about how, when you came into the role, you spent a lot of time following the roadmap of the person before you and learning. Um, And then you had enough kind of both confidence and, and understanding of the role to have your own vision, which I thought was great. Do you recommend that when I'm talking to our, a lot of our younger listeners, do you recommend that sort of listen and learn and then kind of give your perspective approach in general? Do you think that's something that you'll do throughout your career? Absolutely. I think um, going into it at first, that's not what I thought when I, from the outside, when I was watching what was going on, I had all these ideas of, oh, I want to do this and oh, I want to do that and this. And I had all these ideas that I thought I was going to come in and do right away. But I really realized that one, um, for a brand, you have a brand and you need to stick within that. And I think that while you can see a gradual shift, I think it's, it's really risky to just especially when you don't understand the audience quite yet, if you're new to it, to completely shift out of what was already working. You know, so I think that doing it slowly, really figuring out what you're doing already that works and what's not working is really important before you decide what changes you want to make. Because if you go in and just kind of start changing things immediately, you just, you know, you, you've lost any all of your history of what was working and what wasn't, you know, it's, you're kind of starting new. And I think you really need to listen to your audience and figure out what they're interested in. Cause it's not, it wasn't about me. It was about them and what they needed. Um, and I learned that very quickly. Um, and I was really glad to have learned that because I, I do think that that is, was really important piece of it. All right. So tell me a little bit about Herf Jones, what you do and your approach to social, where you are currently, that kind of stuff. Well, Herf Jones um, is part of a larger varsity brands, which partners kind of with educators, students, um, coaches working on like building school pride, student engagement, and community spirit. And so our part in that is Herf Jones is the achievement side. We're, we're um, considered a varsity achievement brand, which we focus on the class rings, caps and gowns, graduation invitations, and yearbooks. Um, I specifically work in the yearbook division. So what is different about ours than a lot of social media is that instead of focusing on the people who are purchasing a product, we are focusing on the students, either middle school, high school, or college, that are creating the yearbooks themselves. So 
that's where it's it's very different. Typically, you're looking at, the, at your consumers, um, but actually in yearbooks, how it works is each school has their own yearbook, obviously, and so it's up to those students really to sell, and so therefore what our job is is twofold. It's one, to help them sell, help them um, figure out the best ways to do that, give them any resources they need in that way, but it's also resources to help design the book. We're helping them learn the trends and learn skills and things like that um, so that they can make the best book out there. So that's where our focus is not on selling anything. There's very few products on our page. It's really about um, engaging with them and giving them resources. So that sounds like an, a tremendously fun way to engage on social media because you're engaging with students who are obviously incredibly social and savvy, uh, and you're not actually charged with having to sell the books. It's more about inspiring the students and giving them the direction that they need, right? Absolutely. It's it's students, and then it's also their advisors. Educators, yeah. Educators. The, the advisors... Um, are really an integral part because from year to year, you know, your students change. And that, and that's a great difficulty we have of we may get these relationships and um, all of a sudden they're seniors and they graduate and they go off to college and, and yearbook may not necessarily be on their mind. Some of them it is, some of them it's not. And so um, we really have that turnover. But your advisors, those are the ones that deal with these with the students and really help them learn and grow. And they're really the people who kind of make that program what it is. And so a lot of our job is also working with them to, to really help them in any ways because, you know, they're teachers doing a lot of other classes and, they, you know, educators have so much going on. And so it's really important for us to kind of make their job as easy as possible. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Do you have to market and communicate differently to advisors than you do to students? Or is it that because they all have the same common interest of designing their yearbook, memories, et cetera, you can market to them all together? Do you have a separate strategy for each? It's a little bit of both. We feel that usually we find on Facebook, for instance, that really that's where we get the advisors. The students aren't as interested in interacting with us there, and we really get our engagement from the advisors. Um, And so we focus on giving them resources like the blog and articles and things like that, different things for them specifically. Instagram, we have the opposite. We find that it's the students specifically. And then Twitter is really, that's where it's really a mix of both. And we really find that that content really speaks to both. And sometimes there's content that speaks just to one or the other, but we kind of keep that to a minimum and really try to use words and conversations that really will resonate with everyone. And, and really, we, we kind of call that the yerd nerve. Yerd is a yearbook nerd. Um, I they, love the yerd. <laughs> that's amazing. They, so they proudly yerds, call themselves yerds. That's definitely, it's, it's a, they're a tribe and they're a very strong tribe and they really are proud of what they do. And they really work very hard for the other students in their schools to create these awesome books. And, and they're really, really proud of that. And so it's fun. We get, when we go to conventions and things like that, we get to see them interacting with one another and seeing people from other schools and, and other states and how they do things. And so we really find that those are the topics, especially that really resonate with both kids and advisors is, is when we hit that yard nerve, we'll, you know, if it's, we'll make something with a pun or things like that. And, or we'll, we'll get it at 
something that really shows that we understand how hard work it is, but it's also so much fun. And whenever we can kind of hit on that, that's what they really resonate with. So it's really about, it sounds like it's about tapping into that kind of your language and your culture, but really where it varies in terms of the marketing is just by where they are, right? So like the, the advisors would be more apt to respond on Facebook, which makes sense because they're probably a little older and the younger generation, which are the students are probably responding elsewhere. Absolutely. We find that Instagram is in our place for resources as much. Sometimes we share things, but it's it's more our, our fun. Let's just kind of be very yurty and share funny things. And, and then Twitter is where we leave, you know, the students that do want those resources, really, that's where they can find them. And, and that's where they get them. So they're, they're very good about going there and seeing, you know, our blog posts and, and whatever else we have going on for them. Interesting. And you talked a little bit about how your audience can be somewhat sort of transient, right? So they're in school, then they graduate, and they're not working on their yearbook anymore. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how you deal with sort of not just the fickle nature of the changing student base, but the fickle nature of networks. So you have, as, as you have youth coming in, they're always interested in new networks, they're trying new things, they're having new approaches. How do you handle that? Do you jump on a lot of the newer networks? Do you wait and see? Uh, what is the approach there? It kind of depends. Um, we, just from a standpoint of how much manpower we have in our office, oftentimes kind of have to hold back. Um, and that's that's a lot of times more a reason for holding back um, for Snapchat, for instance, Um we feel that that is something that would really resonate with our students, especially when we're at these conferences and things like that. But it's a little harder. We, we don't want to do it until we can do it right. And that's what we find is, is our reason for kind of holding back. But I do think it's important. Um, I wouldn't have said a year ago that Snapchat was the place to be. But as I've seen businesses do it and they do it well and you see that people are responding to that, I'm okay being on the early end of that once I see that there's there is some sort of market for that. So it's early without being first. Like it doesn't sound like you have the need to be first and have first mover advantage. If if you see people doing it well and and students responding, that might be where you jump. Right. And that's, yes, exactly. And it's, it's definitely not being the first necessarily, but it is from day one being very aware and watching that network and figuring out how it can be used differently. And that, and that's kind of the story of all, all social media is they're created and they're created for individual use and then market different markets come in and brands come in and try to figure out how they can use that and I think that sometimes it's done very well and other times it's kind of in your face and it gets ignored and I think that's where you really have to figure out what people on that platform are are willing to tolerate and what they're interested in and where they think it's too much and where you're kind of butting into something that they feel is more personal. And I think that's the really important part about just not jumping straight in is waiting until you can see that, okay, they, they have an interest in this. Um, and specifically our, you know, our audience itself, not just overall, um, cause I think it is different for every brand, but like you said, we, we have a very young audience. And so sometimes we, we do have a, a easier entry point than, than other brands do, which is, which is fun. I know you mentioned that you're not responsible on social. The goal is not to sell, it's really to engage with the yards who then sell the yearbook. What are the metrics that matter to you at Herf Jones? 
That's actually something that we're really looking into right now. I've been doing, um, as the year ends, a, a deep dive into our metrics and figuring out, um, looking at things that we haven't looked at before and all of that. But what it really boils down to for us is the engagement. It's click-throughs because we do give them lots of resources. So in that standpoint, um, a lot of times we will find that the, that we'll have a lot more people clicking through to it that, than necessarily retweet it right then. They may share it afterwards, but they're not, you know, doing that from us. And so um, it's looking at those click-throughs, but it really is. It's the engagement and figuring out where, like I said, hitting that yard nerve. You really see when they want to interact and when you've said something that they're like, that's me, you get me. And that's really what we're ultimately about in that sense is really figuring out how we can aid them. And is there any tie ultimately that a more engaged yurd, as which I will only refer to them for the rest of my life, a more engaged yurd will sell more yearbooks than one that doesn't? Or is a yearbook something that everyone in the class buys no matter what? You're right. It absolutely does impact awesome. the sales incredibly. And I think that definitely um, not every student in a school purchases a yearbook. And that, that's definitely a difficulty we have as, you know, as, as print goes down, yearbook sales really, you know, like that's something that we feel strongly and, and, and a lot of parents feel strongly that, you know, 10 years from now, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, students are going to want those books, but it's, it's showing them that right now the value yes. and there, there has to be two values in that book kind of there. There's a now value and there's the later value. And, and the students are interested, especially in this culture of social media and every instant gratification that you really, you know, they're not interested in what, what they're going to want 20, 30 years down the road. They're interested in what it can give to them now. And so we absolutely see a lot of times the more engaged yards, one, they naturally will do, they're more interested in creating a book that really is designed very well. I mean, it's incredible. If you see some of these books, they, they look like they've, they're designed, they're designed by professional designers. Some of them, you know, it's, it's amazing what these kids do. And, and so we find that the ones that really engage with us are also the ones that are really interested in there's awards and things like that for best yearbook in the country and all those kind of things. And they get really involved in all of that. And so part of that also helps sell the book. When, when people know it's really is a quality book, they want to buy it. But on the other side of that, also when the students are engaged and they're excited and they're about the yearbook and they're excited about what they do, they naturally share that more. And so where sales may not be natural to a sophomore in high school, when they're just sharing what they're really excited about and, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you guys to see this book, then that sells more, you know? And and it's and so it's, it's a little bit of that. And then it's also the side of with them engaging with us, we can show them different ways and we give them resources so that they can sell their book, whether that's um, giving them actual posts they can use or just giving them ideas of, of different products or different different ways to sell. So it's kind of twofold in that way. But I really do think that the more engaged and the more excited they are about what they do, they just naturally, you know, they naturally sell it, which, you know, I think that's that's a lot of what goes on these days and in other things, you know, you get excited about uh, a new hair product and you tell all your friends about it, not because you're trying to sell it, but just because you're excited about it. And totally. and I think it's the, it's the same thing with, with them. So that's definitely I think that was. 
That was really fascinating to me because it's so funny. I guess I'm so old now because I think that, you know, a yearbook is of vital importance because you need the book as something that you'll look back 10 years later. I guess as you get older, you know this, um, but right. as kids are in a more digital space, they may not recognize it. And so now I hope that's amazing. That, that is, um, a really good use case for the social because that, that what you're right, that when you're engaging them, and you're doing that in that space, ideally they're learning and recognizing the importance. And, and then the yurds who probably do recognize the importance are able to then carry that out to the non-yurds who don't really realize. I love the importance of social at your company. It's even though you're not directly selling and it's not a direct tie to ROI, it's crucially important to your business model. Absolutely. And, and like you said, that that is a big thing is the students on staff, they, they may be excited about the yearbook, but they also don't, they may not be able to put into words the importance of it for the rest of this, for themselves or for other people. They just, you know, it's something they do and they enjoy and they want people to have, but we're able to kind of give them that background and, and, and show them why it really is important. And, and when we spark that in them, they're able to spark that in others. And so it really is, kind of twofold. And it's, it's a little hard sometimes because you do want to be able to sell it for them. But yes, at the yes. same time, it's, it's a personal thing. Every school's is different and it's much, it's received much better if the students themselves that have worked on that book are the ones that are trying to get people to buy it. Okay, Catherine, I have one last question for you. Do the students, do the yurds, and does Herf Jones now design yearbooks to be more reflective of social? Like, is there an Instagram looking yearbook? Are there templates that do that? Um, and does that work really well for the students? You know, you would be surprised at how many you see. So in our marketing office, we actually do not um, design any of the yearbooks, but we create a book every year that is um, full of, it's called Ideas That Fly, and it is just a book full. Uh, it's basically a yearbook of all the best yearbooks around the country and the trends. We, we show, you know, where different schools, a lot of schools decided on the same thing. And you can really see these trends come out that they've seen in magazines or online and things like that. And and that has definitely been something that, that happens, whether, I mean, I know that that started with the iPod when that came out. You saw, if you remember those original ads of the, the color with just the white ear earbuds and iPod or whatever, you know, you started seeing that on covers and now it is, you know, the cover might look like a phone or someone, a, a school may do only square photos in it. Like they're all Instagram and they may have filters and, and they definitely do react to it. And it, it's something that is timestamped. And that's something we encourage a lot of is you want your yearbook, not just to remember what was going on in your school, but what was going on in that time period, you know, yes. what were what were the gas prices? What what were we doing? Oh my gosh, that's what a phone looked like. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that that app. Can you remember? When, you remember when we all played that game? Whatever it is, and so yeah, you know whatever is really hot at the time. You definitely see tons of books incorporate that. Whether and and another way they incorporate it is actually showing just Instagram posts that they've pulled from students or, you know, Snapchats that they've pulled from students, whatever it is. So, so you see it in both ways. They both mimic it and they just actually share what their students have done. I love how it's so reflective of the culture. And I really learned a lot today and loved uh, just the overall kind of strategy and, and thought process behind Herf Jones and, and how to connect with the Yurts. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Catherine. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed being with you. It's, it's great to talk to you. 
You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.